If you like what you hear, come and visit me at youtube.com slash tiptoe the tank and see this content in all its glory. On that fateful night, a great storm began to rage. The forest of Nebel shook and tumbled, the great trees swayed, and amidst the chaos of the rain, a bluster of great wind swept its branches, and a lone leaf was swept away. The thunder crash and lightning strikes could perhaps bring a great fright for the well-being of the little one who was taken away, but it was a gentle being who caught the flight and ran to the rescue of this new blessed life. But what was their name? What will we call them? Naru rushes to its side. Ori they will be. Taken into her care, embraced as her own, she will share the forest of Nibel with Ori, raised as her own. Naru. A being of darkness does not walk in fear. Into the light she cast herself to keep Ori near. She'd once known others like Ori, spirit guardians, children of the spirit tree, dear childhood friends her father kept her from. But all the love of all those years and memories of her friends prompted sweet Naru to raise Ori with naught but joy and love. Under the bright warm sun, they feasted and created, adventured and venerated the wondrous place called home. Such a simple, serene way of life, untouched by the strife of the world. Little pieces of paradise for the mother and her child. But not all things of goodness can last. It came to pass that something descended upon the spirit tree. The light of the forest was lost to Nibel, the consequences of which the world would tell when the trees, the grass, the fruit of the land withered and died, and famine soon came. Naru, the mother, did as best as she could to shelter little Ori in the woods of Nibel. But no change came to save the little family from tragedy of time, for when little Ori came to Naru, small gift in hand, she lied ever still not heeding Ori's cry. An eternal slumber comes to us all. The inevitable ending we cannot deny. Alone in a world called to wither and decay, the azure-tainted day called little Ori away from home. To walk amidst the wilds, but it seems nothing is here. The world is going cold. And our little Ori could never know the cruelty that comes in walking alone. One simple step at a time, graceful little being. It hurts and it's scary, none to hear their pleading, but soon it will pass. Just rest your weary head, my darling. No longer left to starving and heartache. It's time for something to stir and awake. A new age has dawned. At the base of the slumbering spirit tree, the guardian spirit Ori hears the tale from scene of what happened one night at the light ceremony, before decay and famine came. That night the tree searched for Ori, calling their name, but Ori never came. For it was on that night that misguided rage brought the great owl Kuro into the fray, the light of the ceremony smothered the mountain, where lay a nest 
of three chicks and an egg. The sheerness of the light killed her three babes. She's a mother wracked in grief, but still one remains, and Kuro will stop at nothing to see it kept safe. Even if it means snuffing out the light and soul of the land. For the pain that it's caused her, she will let nothing stand in her way, not even Ori, though we love the little spirit. To Kuro, the light destroys and has taken away all she holds dear. This is to make them pay and to keep the light at bay. Just no more dead children. Just leave her this one. But Ori must heal all that's been done in the land of Nibel, not yet understanding why the Owl Kuro does what she does. To heal the spirit tree, to stop the decay, Ori must venture to the surrounding territories of the three elements of light. To cleanse and correct them, only then can life return. They must be rekindled before it's too late. Atop the Jinzo tree, the elements of water, beyond the spider's coves, where once the waters once flowed. And now it runs fetid. Jinjo rests, cracked and dry, until Ori arrives to cleanse the tree's heart, then to fly through a gauntlet of water running wild. But beware, sweet Ori, for something is near. The winged terror Kuro hears the water rush forth and will suffer no spirit guardians. She will hunt them as sport as she's done many times before. Even in the fall from atop the great tree, Kuro will not let Ori the chance to flee, but be still your worried heart. It is not Ori's end. In the arms of her friend, they will awaken unharmed. Within the misty woods, Ori must now contend. A fog shields the way, the path will reverse and bend. Vibrant, overgrown darkness lends to the danger of what lies ahead, but Ori must find the way. For within the woods is a pertinent seal that shields the way forward into the elements of the winds. Lighting a lantern, defeating the fog, reveals the Gumen seal, and it will unlock the way to a place ravaged by loss. Deep within the forlorn ruins, the elements of the winds, where a race called the Gumen once long ago walked, when Kiro destroyed the spirit tree's light, the halls of the Gumen, ingenious inventors, reached staggering heights, yet were brought down low, frozen in place. An entire race destroyed, only one remains. But nothing can be done to undo this pain. At the heart of the ruins where the element of wind will be freed, a promise is uttered by Seen and Ori. To honor the light vessel memory of the lost human people. A vow overheard by the only one remaining. This creature called Gumo takes the light vessel from the place that it once called home and flees to a place which Ori and you know. The inventions of the Gumen are lost to time, but there is still yet life that might thrive. To make it so, Guma will sacrifice the remnants of their past so that the future may be made whole. Now again off they flee, the winds restored to Nibel one element remains. First the truth is shown to Ori, the story of Kuro's rage. This was a misstep, the consequences of the call that should not have wrought such a horrid result. What possibly could quell the instincts of a mother whose only purpose now 
is to protect her child. Beneath the flame of Mount Horu, the elements of warmth, all that's left to do is restore the flows of life to Nibel. With this element within their grasp, they can undo the horrid wrath of Koru. But she knows what they're doing, and she will not allow it. Once more, the great owl descends, now to a gauntlet of crumbling tinder and vengeful flame. It's all the same should Ori burn or fall into her grasp. Vanquish the light, end the Guardian's venture. For a moment, it seems the danger's been voided. Reunite scene with the tree, let life and light begin anew. But she will not allow them. She knows what it does. That light is evil. It cannot become what it once was. Only one child remains, and this story stops here. By her own talent, she squeezes and discards. Little Ori. But one mother to another. Naru and Kuro meet. Ori is but a child, and now Kuro sees that she too has caused suffering, done unspeakable things. But it's not too late. If mercy should speak. Let the little spirit live. Let Nibel be balanced. Do it for your own kin. To quell the fires of the raging Mount Horu, Koru races away. Her child is in danger. Her heart will obey no matter the cost, no matter the damage, no matter the pain. No matter what happens, she will not stay idly by, even if that means restoring what took life from her heart. She will give it all away for the one that remains. Koru takes scene back to the great spirit tree and blinding, dazzling light ends Koru's life. But the flames that consumed were stifled and stilled. The rains have returned, winds howl down the hills, the balance is restored. Nebel can grow once again. Ori will come to know more of themselves. Gumo finds family in the quaint home of Naru. And in case you were worried, don't you fret. The child of Koru here will find rest. One day when they're born, a loving home they will find. A creature of darkness who will walk in the light, and someday, should they ask, of their family, their kind. They will be told the story of Ori, and when the forest was blind. But there's yet one more tale that we need to tell. A few seasons have gone, a new sibling Ori has. The little owlet Koo has outgrown her egg. Naru and Gumo, Ori and Koo, carry on as a family, walking together in a land renewed. Nibel is stronger than ever, and the love of this family is true, regardless of blood ties. One day, as Ori rests their eyes, little Koo goes outside to test out her flight. You see, the little owlet has yet to reach the sky, her wings aren't whole. Yet still, they try. Her nature demands that one day she fly. Perhaps she needs time and practice, patience and trial. But after the passage of a year, sweet little Koo is no more near her flight than before. How could she overcome her wing? The siblings sit close, share in Ku's tears. But when darkness falls, a solution appears, a memory from the past 
a part of Ku. Her lost mother's own feather will aid in Ku's task. It's Gumo who will fix the feather to Ku, and off the siblings run to test this new tool, and wouldn't you know, it was all that she needed. Now she can fly, she can do what she was meant to do, a short flight away. Something most frightening happens. A storm claims the duo, the winds throwing them wild. Kuro's feather is lost, sending the child into a tailspin separating the two. And when Ori awakens, they lie under the raining sky with their sister not in sight. The Moki draw near, out of curiosity, but already trouble cries in the distance, frightening them away. Ori is alone to find their own way back to Ku, who is nowhere to be seen in this strange land called Niwen. But close by. Oh dear little Ori, just out of sight, it stalks in the night. This beast known as Howl, walking terror and fright. Though it climbs and thrashes, it snarls and lashes. The beast has a fear, held near in a brazier. Use fire, little Ori, and fight back the beast. And once again, danger's past. Stay quick on your feet, for your eyes grow weary, and there's no shelter to seek. Beyond the battle, there sits a tree. Ori touches the light. It's something so familiar, ancient power awakened that slumbered so long. Now too will rest Ori to the tree's gentle song. Naru and Gumo search for the children. It's not like them to vanish. Something must have happened. Their best clue is birds flying across the water. To this unknown place they too will follow. The tree of the forest has given to Ori a power that's for so long rested in memory and it will be used to traverse this dangerous place, and Ori is directed to the Guardian of the Marsh. A great toad named Quolock will guide Ori's way. But sweet little Ku is scared and alone. She's had no great adventures on her own, so she shivers and shakes. All Ku can do is chase her sibling's gift, Koru's feather. It's far too dangerous to wait for Ori or her mother, but as she goes, she finds something most tragic. A whole field of corpses where the owls once rested. What could have done this? So many dead. Ori finds guidance in the words of Quolock. The waters of Niwen have long since run corrupt. He knows that Ku fell far to the east, and to proceed on this quest, Ori must free the marsh from the grips of decay. The wheel of the watermill must turn once again. Only then can Ori travel on to find little Ku. And when Ori once again makes the wheel to churn to cleanse the waters so that they may travel eastern, a being most foul makes their presence well known, and a great chase ensues through the renewed flow of life in the land. It is the foul presence that has poisoned the Luma pools. Ori escapes the sickly beast, but this is not the end. The marshes cleanse, the waters flow pure. And now Ori may go east to find little Ku, but be careful, Quolock warns. For that is the place where the one called Shriek will surely be on alert. 
Ori now bears witness to this tragic, barren place. Death lingers on in this space where something dark roams. But in this moment, all that matters is Ori has found their sister, lost little Koo, who is hiding in the shadows uncertain of what to do and who could blame her. When the ground starts to rattle and a shadow appears, behold in the distance, it's Shriek who draws near. For a short time, the two travel together through the barren corpse yard, but not even the shadows can keep them hidden. Shriek knows well the silence, greets noise with violence, and will hunt the siblings through her domain. Just when a solution is found, a way back home, a return to the heights, the great owl beast Shriek descends from the sky. And you might expect that she'd show mercy to children, but there will be no quarter from this walking affliction. She gives no pause in her attack, her aggression. This intrusion will be met with abject iration in her cruelty, her strike. Oh, she's done something awful. Little Koo cannot rise. From the harm of her swing, she lays unresponsive. Her little body broken. The Moki will help, give her a safe place to rest. But the only hope for Ku lies with the words of Quolok. Long ago, the great spirit willow perished, and with its demise, the light of Niwen vanished, banished to the corners of a now ailing land. To restore the spirit of this forest, Ori must journey, find the five wisps, fragments that make the spirit whole. Then the soul of the forest might return as it was stole. The life of little Koo, it's Ori's only way forward. But where must Ori go to unite these lost wisps? What parts of the dead willow were thrown to the winds? To the north is where the forest memory lays, then to the south, where its eyes have remained. And in the west, Ori will find the strength of the forest has stayed strong through time. The heart of the forest is buried to the east. And finally, the voice, which already travels with Ori. Within the burrows where the spider folk dwell, not all is lost. The Queen Mora is infected. The decay has spread, even to her domain, though she sealed the entrance to keep it at bay. It wasn't enough, and the Queen lost her way. And she will not allow Ori to take the eyes of the forest, she covets them, and so now Ori is prey. But when her mind is restored, after a long, vicious battle, the beautiful queen shows herself to be gentle. She does not wish for all of Niwen to suffer as she has. Grave losses are felt to save this dying land. But with time, things must change. Quolock's life is stolen away when the foul presence invades his brain. Though Ori fights through the deranged guardian, it is Quolock himself who will end the vicious reign of this most foul of things. And as Ori's journey draws closer to close, the truth of Shriek is finally made known. Born at the dawn of the decay, Shriek's family was gone before she even broke from her egg, and she herself was born different 
because the light of the willow tree went away. And Shriek tried, she truly did, to find companionship in her peers, but her frightening appearance made her an outcast, something to be feared. She was rejected, ostracized, left to fester in hatred, never knowing the warmth of light nor the love of others. And so as she grew, she rejected the warmth. She grew mighty and vicious, a rampaging source of fear and anger. It's all that she knew. All she was was different, but it was too much for someone to just love this little creature to extend to her a touch. The decay claimed her in soul and body, so she would never give another the chance to harm or reject her. The story of the willow tree and its fate is told to Ori of what became when life faded away, how the wisps were thrown apart, the fading of Niwen's life. Even when the wisps unite, the willow tree is dead. What will become of the spirit of the forest with no tree to nurture it, the spirit whose name is Seer? The willow tree's old heart is corrupted with decay. It's up to Ori to cleanse away what contains the old thing, to allow it to speak one final mission for Ori to seek, and when the deed is done, the spirit restored. So many memories of the forest are called back home. The willow so wishes they could carry this light once more, but it is no longer theirs to behold. The passage of time dictate that things must always change, so instead this light will pass on to Ori, who will inherit this gift and act as the life of Niwen, the new spirit of this vast and beautiful land. But Shriek will not allow for any of this to pass. Her rage and disdain bring her to blows with Ori. The light is not welcome, nor is this spirit. She will do all in her power to see this light snuffed out. If she must face rejection, then all will face decay. All will suffer despair and understand her rage. She's lived life in a cage of pain in the hollows, so Ori will perish here, should her wishes come true. But Ori fights not just for themselves, but dear little Ku. And in the end, it's Ori who fights for more, and victory is theirs. Shriek falls from the heights amongst her long-perished kin, and chooses still yet to reject that which is light. She hides away alone to face the coming night, to perish under the arms of her long-deceased parent. Shriek made her choice. She will remain amongst the ashes of the night. And now it's Ori's time to leave this chapter behind, to save Niwen, to save little Ku, to ascend into something new. Ori walks their memories briefly, to remember the beings we reflect upon so fondly and sweetly. It's time, little Ori, to become more than you are, to fulfill your destiny, to reach high to the stars. Ku's life is restored, Niwen brought back to life. Be reborn. Ori, as your father once was. A spirit tree sapling signify the start of a new age for this land. A new age has dawned, and the years will pass on. Ori and Ku both grow strong. The family bonds haven't changed, dearest, no, not at all. 
though lives will end, and the world ever changes. The new spirit tree of Niwen will carry on, persist, because our friend Ori honored the will of the Wisp. <laughs>